Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. February 28th edition of the Habs 360 podcast here featured on allhabs.net. I'm your host, Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. Don't hesitate to uh, give me a follow. Trade deadline is coming up just in a matter of a couple of days, two days from now. So it will be our focus for today's episode. Well, as you heard, based on our show, Canadians played three games last week, and they won every single one of those three games. Started off last Saturday at the Bell Center, where the Canadians beat the Columbus Blue Jackets by a score of three to one. Max Pacioretty scored a pair of goals in that game, and Carey Price made 31 saves to lead the Canadians to victory. The third goal for the Canadians 
was scored by Thomas Plekanec, and uh, by scoring, he became the 24th Montreal Canadiens all-time Habs goal scorer with 194 goals. On Tuesday night in St. Louis, Canadians beat the St. Louis Blues by a score of 5-2. to Alex Galchenyuk and Brendan Gallagher each scored two goals in that game. And their friends over at Frameworth Sports Marketing, pretty sure they were happy about that as uh, both of uh, these players are their clients. And as you know, we did give out last week an autographed picture of Alex Galchenyuk's followers and... Well, we'll give you some more news about the framework sports marketing later on in today's episode. Carey Price made 27, game, uh, 27 saves in that game. And with that victory, he set a Canadian's record for nine consecutive road wins. Never happened before in the Canadian's history, so he's the first one to do it. And we spoke about last week how we think that Carey Price, over the next couple of years, he's going to be reaching higher and higher and breaking at least Canadians franchise records. Here's another one that he surpassed, that he broke uh, this week. But it wasn't over. He actually extended that streak on the Thursday night in Columbus as the Canadians beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 5-2. to two. So the second time in the five days that these two teams face each other. In that game, P.K. Subban got one goal, two assists. And Andre Markov got one goal, one assist. And it is also to note that each of those players went plus five. So they were on the ice for every single one of the Montreal Canadiens' goals in Thursday in Columbus. That gives the Canadiens a record of 40-16-5 and five after 61 games played. That's a total of 85 points. Puts in first place in the Atlantic Division. They have a three-point lead over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Canadians do have two games in hand. And the Detroit Red Wings, they are six points away from the Montreal Canadiens. But the Red Wings do have one game in hand over them. In the wildcard race, I'm not even sure if it's still worth monitoring for the Canadians. But they do have a nine-point cushion over the Washington Capitals. And the Canadians do have... A couple of games in hand over them. And the second wildcard spot is held by the Boston Bruins, who have 69 points. So that gives a 16-point cushion for the Canadians. And both of these teams have played the same amount of games. In the Eastern Conference, Canadians are first place. New York Islanders are one point behind. But the Canadians, two games in hand over the Islanders. And then at third place, are the New York Rangers. The Rangers have 82 points, and the Rangers do have one game in hand over the Montreal Canadiens. And if you look at the NHL standings across the league, Canadians are second place overall. Only the Nashville Predators are ahead. The, the Preds have 89 points, but the Canadians do have one game in hand. So the Canadians do maintain uh, staying up there in the the NHL standings and as well in the Eastern Conference. According to sportsclubstats.com, if you round the figure, the Canadians have a 100% chance of making the playoffs, 
but officially it's a 99.991% chance the Canadians make the playoffs. So I'm pretty sure this is the highest that we've ever seen it. All right, part of today's show, we're going to look ahead to tonight's game against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs at the Bell Centre to 7 o'clock Eastern start. Some notes from today's practice in the Brossard. P.A. Paranto and Mike Weaver will be the healthy scratches. We also found out that Sergey Gonchar will be back in the lineup, and he'll be paired up with Craig Patterson on the third defensive pairing. We, we know that Carey Price will be in goal for the Montreal Canadiens. There was, in, in the practice, there was no that allowed us to see what the line combinations would be. And when asked about it at the end of the practice, Michel Terry just said, well, we're going to find out at game time. So we'll know at the same time when the game begins. And also a note, Alexi Emelin was on the ice alone this morning skating. So he should be back sooner or later from his injury. Our question of the day. Trade deadline, like I mentioned, is coming up on Monday. We want to know who are the untouchables of the Montreal Canadiens. So basically what I'm asking is for which players that if Mark Bregevin gets a call from another general manager, as soon as the, the, the opposing general manager mentions his name, the only thing Bregevin does is, well, he hangs up the call. He doesn't even listen. doesn't bother listening. He says his name. He hangs up the call. Who are those, uh, those names? You can let us know via Twitter, at Habs360. And if you're not following us on Twitter, please do give us a follow at Habs360. We do follow back every single Montreal Canadiens fan. And it is fun to give us a follow. We interact a lot with our followers. And we're over. We're connected with over 4,000 Montreal Canadiens fans on the Twitterverse. You can also let us know by reaching us toll-free, 1-877-455-4945. And you can also reach us using the Block Talk Radio chat room by logging in using your Facebook or Twitter account. Coming up later as well in today's podcast, we'll, be t- we'll, we'll introduce to you a brand new contest that began this week on uh, Twitter, and it's had great response. And we w- we'll talk about it during our broadcast today to make sure we give every single Montreal Mains fan an opportunity for this for this great prize. All right, with me now to talk about some Montreal Canadiens, my co-host Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Chris. Uh, very excited. Uh, very exciting times now. Yeah, trade deadline is always an exciting period, and well, we saw that last year as well, and it's the same thing this year for the Montreal Canadiens. Mark Bergevin made a couple of moves prior to trade deadline. And on Tuesday morning, we found out that Yuri Sekach was traded to the Anaheim Ducks in return for Devante Smith-Pelly. It was a straight-out one-on-one deal between these two players. There was no salary retained or anything. It was a pure hockey deal. Both these players have one year remaining in their contract. And... Let's hear now a, a short interview that Yirchi Sekach gave to uh, RDS where he mentioned his initial reactions when he found out about the trade. Yirchi, how did you react when you learned that you were traded? 
Well, actually, I got the news uh, when I just uh, when I just woke up, so it was kind of it was kind of shocking. But and it's uh, it's my first uh, trade in uh, in my life, so it was uh, it was kind of kind of shocking. But uh, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I'm pretty excited. You have an idea what didn't work with the Canadians? Uh, I don't know. It's, I I really don't know, but uh, I was uh, I was just happy to be. Uh, be part of an organization like that and uh, uh, had a lot of uh, had a lot of fun and uh, gave me uh, gave me a lot of experience so um, uh, it was time to move on so there you to say catch mentioned that he was shocked when you heard about the trade and I gotta say the way the, the way that I found out about the trades is I got a notification from uh, the TSN go app that showed that the Montreal Canadiens traded Yerchi Seikach and I couldn't believe it in the beginning. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't Yerchi Seikach to get uh, to get traded. It was a name that we hadn't heard about all season. But the trade was done, so I was shocked. What about you, Peter? How, how did you react when you heard about this trade? Oh, I was uh, definitely shocked as well. Uh, I had mentioned on the show previously that... Uh, one of the reasons why Sekak was being a healthy scratch was probably because they want to see what the other young players bring to the table and uh, probably uh, shopping them around to try to improve uh, the team. And uh, guess what? It's uh, Sekak that gets dealt. So I was a bit surprised. I wasn't expecting him to get dealt, uh, even though he didn't have the... Uh, it's no secret, a good relationship with the coach. I mean, the guy's on the first year of his contract. I mean, uh, during the summer, he's the one who picked, uh, who decided to go with Montreal uh, when there was uh, a lot of teams uh, trying to get him to sign with them. And uh, for this to end like this is kind of strange and a little unexpected, but... Uh, I mean, good for him. At least he'll go to Anaheim. Well, uh, he'll be given a fresh start, and uh, hopefully he takes advantage of it. And it was made clear by Seikach himself and through his agent, Alan Walsh, that it was not them that asked for a trade. It was uh, a move that the Montreal Canadiens uh, made on uh, on their own with uh, with general manager of the of the Anaheim Ducks. Let's hear... What uh, the GM, Mark Bergevin, had to say about Seikach on uh, Tuesday after the announcement of the trade? Not at all. I mean, he's been uh, from day one, uh, from prospect camp to training camp, I think he's been a good fit. I mean, it's always a, uh, a learning process when you come from Europe, but he was very good. He had some ups and downs, just like any young player. But at the end of the day, we, it's a piece of the puzzle that we felt that we could give, out, give up to get... Uh, uh, Devante. So at the end of the day, we pay a price. But uh, no, he was by far he did. You know, he was uh, he was on the right track. So in terms of the trade, Peter, it's uh, I think it was a pretty good trade in in terms of uh, player for for player. I think it's a win win for both situations. Thing that I, that I didn't like about this trade is the fact that the Canadians almost gave up is the right word. That they, but I'll say anyways that they gave up on Yerchi Seikach. It was uh, 51 games into his uh, his NHL career, and if you look back to example last season, there was another similar situation with 
okay, he wasn't a rookie, but Daniel Briere, who came in, didn't have much success, and even and before the end of the season, well, Briere was actually at the end of the season that he got traded to uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Do you think a story like this, like uh, Briere from last year and Seikat from this year, might discourage uh, potential UFAs? Uh, it's tough to say. Uh, it definitely is not uh, very appealing for uh, somebody who is a free agent uh, unless it's... When it comes to a role player on this team, obviously it's not easy from uh, what we saw, but when it comes to maybe making an acquisition of a star player, it's a little different in that case. But uh, I agree, it doesn't give a good image to... Uh, I don't want to say the team, but maybe, well, yeah, I guess, is it a coach thing? Is it a team thing? It's hard to say. Well, it's hard to say, but no matter if it's a coach or if it's a GM, these players are getting moved. So I think it's more of a of a team thing. And on, on my end, I think if a team keeps winning and you remain first place or battling for the first place or making an, a deep playoff run like they did last year, I don't think... It, I don't think it will discourage UFAs because I think the fact of winning is is greater of an impact than everything else that happens because the players will see, well, you know what, if I do my role, if I do what I'm asked for from part from a good teammate, I'll be part of a winning team. So as long as the Canadians win and you have success, I don't think it will have uh, an impact. But I'm sure, like you mentioned, maybe like a third line or a fourth line or maybe a rookie, they might take that into consideration before choosing the, the Montreal Canadiens. No, but it's like a guy like C-Cash, a guy like LR, it's only two months that they haven't remarked. So, I went with guys who have disabilities. So, Peter, that was Coach Terry from February 19th. Uh, so it's about uh, it's nine days ago, following a game against the Florida Panthers, when he was asked why Yerchi Seikach and Lars Zeller were not selected for a shootout in that game. It was a game where Yerchi, if we, if we stay focused now to Seikach, it was a game where Seikach had a strong game, and there was players like Andre Markov who was selected in the shootout uh, before Seikach. Do you think? Uh, it was the beginning of the end after those uh, comments. It obviously didn't help, that's for sure. But I think it's been, uh, you know, I think the writing was on the wall for a while. It's just that uh, we didn't really expect it to happen. But does it come as a shock? Not really. I think it was maybe not beginning of the end. I think the coach's decision has already was already made, like you mentioned, prior to that. But I think it was, maybe it was at that time where the GM, uh, Bergevin, thought after he heard those comments, that, you know what, he, this guy's never going to play again in Montreal, or he'll be in and out, and he he'll, he finds that he wouldn't bring much value. And I think that's what forced the GM maybe to start accelerating talks or go shopping a little more aggressively for a say catch. But there was rumors that apparently the Canadians and the Ducks I've been talking for a month, but I think after those comments, I'm pretty sure maybe Brejavin said is where he made the final decision. You know what? It's something that uh, that needs to get done 
for your cheese catch. So we're going to take our first break here on Hab360. Still to come, our question of the day, who are the untouchables in the Montreal Canadiens organization? You can let us know via Twitter at Hab360, or you can call us at 1-877-455-4945. On the other side of the break, we'll talk about the player the Canadiens acquired, Devante Smith-Pelly. You're listening to the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, Visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations, something any fan can support. RSM has proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundation, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's always you look at needs. You know, uh, I think he fits what we're looking for uh, moving forward. He's a big body, a uh, right shot that goes to hard areas, goes to the net. Uh, I, I really believe this is um, uh, both teams fill a need. You know, I, I believe that uh, we uh, we went to pick up a player that um, tough to play against. Will finish his check, get a good pace in his game. Uh, could kill penalties. Uh, we heard a lot of good things, and but in the end, we have to give up. When you're looking for uh, players like that, you have to give up. Uh, a great skater and your cash that can make plays, uh, but you know both teams feel their their needs. I believe. 
All right, welcome back to uh, Habs 360. I'm Chris G at Chris G 1980. So we heard there from Canadian General Manager Mark Bergervé, and we heard as well from uh, Michel Terry on the acquisition of Devante Smith-Pelly from the Anaheim Ducks in return for Girchi Seikach. And, well, they both agreed that it was a type of player that they were looking for to add on a team, a guy who will go in front of the net he is a natural right winger. In Anaheim, he was forced to play on the left wing, and they said even a couple of shifts playing at the uh, the center position because, well, because of the team was relatively healthy, so they didn't have a spot for him on the right wing. But they didn't think he was a fourth liner, so he would play on different lines on uh, on the left side. But in Montreal, we know one of the gaps Canadians have is. At uh, at right wing, so which is which is a good fit for the Montreal Canadiens, and in ta- in terms of the uh, the type of player that uh, Devante Smith Pelly is, I think it's a good fit for the Montreal Canadiens. He he's a bigger body, something that the Montreal Canadiens need, and he's not afraid to go in front of the net uh, like Brendan Gallagher, except. He's bigger than Brendan Gallagher, so he'll he'll have a more bigger of a distraction than he is, and he can score goals. With the Anaheim Ducks last year, he scored five goals. In uh, for for the Ducks, and which put him, if I remember correctly, I think it was second on uh, on the team in terms of goal scoring. So, what type of player is Devante Smith? Pelly, it's kind of a long name. I think I'm calling him DSP <laughs> from now until the end of the episode. Let's hear him, and he'll tell you himself. Um, you know, physical play, uh, two-way forward. Um, you know, I think my game is pretty simple. It's just up and down the wing and um, try and finish all my checks, and and hopefully I can, you know, maybe contribute, uh, you know, offensively as well here. So um, I'm just looking to keep it, you know, pretty simple. So he's trying to keep it simple. If we look at his stat line on uh, Thursday night's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, he started off playing on the line with uh, Braden Prust and uh, Jacob De La Rose. He ended up finishing playing on the right wing between, uh, well, sorry, on the right side of uh, Galchenyuk and Thomas Plekanets. And well, we don't know where he's going to play uh, tonight yet as there was no line practices in Brossard. So on Thursday night, finished with 17-11 of ice time, which was the most from the forwards. And this was obviously the coach trying to get him uh, familiar with his teammates, so he was put into different situations. He finished with minus one, took two shots on goal. He delivered four body checks, and he played some power play, and he played on the shorthanded. So, so Peter, the coach, gave him a lot of opportunities on Thursday night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. On your end, how do you see... Uh, DSP fit in the team uh, from now till the end of the season? I think that uh, he's got to fit in that third line role on the right wing and uh, I think that's the role that the team is expecting him to fill right now and uh, because ideally I think the Canadians are still not done. They need a scoring winger up front. So ideal situation would be for him to be on the third line on the right wing. I think he could fill out that role uh, very good. Like that, De Luis could fall back on the fourth line right wing. And uh, 
Uh, that, that's the role I see him uh, filling out for the rest of the season. Don't really know what to expect with a new team, but um, you know I'm starting to feel more comfortable. And I think is uh, I'm still trying to learn the system and stuff like that. But I think once I get the hang of that, um, you know I'll be all right. So that was the Smith Pelly following his first game against Columbus Blue Jackets, and you know considering it was his first game in the brand new team, he even didn't have a full practice because on the, the game day was an optional practice. I think he did all right. So, but it, I think one game is too small of a sample size to uh, to judge the trade, and to actually judge the trade, it's probably something we'll have to wait years ahead before we determine uh, who the winner is. So, if we move on now, talk a little bit more about the uh, trade deadline, and I think Peter, uh, we spoke about it last week again, but I think this is proof that uh, Mark Bergevin is looking mostly do a a hockey deal instead of in, instead of a rental getting played to the end of the season and even if he's looking for a rental deal there's there's not many options still remaining on the team and even the price that teams are paying for our rentals I'm sort of glad that uh, Bergevin uh, wasn't part of uh, that market yeah but I think there's still a lot of rental players out there that uh, they might be still considering and uh I think that uh, I think he's looking at both options. You know, if the right deal comes up for a rental, he'll he'll do it. And if the right deal comes for like a hockey type deal, like he did for Yuri Sekach, he'll do it. I, I'm pretty sure that he's open for both. He's not gonna come out and uh, put the cards on the table. You know, right now this is you know this is the time where you know you keep your cards close to you and you don't. You know, you try to bluff the other teams, and uh, like that on deadline day, by deadline day, you get the maximum out of uh, any trade that you're willing to pull off. Yeah, like uh, Thomas Vinick is a perfect example from last year, where the price you had to pay to get him, I think, was great. No matter, even though it ended up where Vinick wasn't that successful in the playoffs and he ended up leaving the team, I think the price that he paid was worth. Uh, was worth that risk. So they acquired uh, Devante Smith-Pelly. We also, Canadians have been struggling on offense. They scored 10 goals in the last two games. They scored five in uh, each of those. I'm hoping that Mark Benjamin doesn't take his offenses fixed, right, because of those uh, of those two last games, and that he's still looking to... Uh, to acquire top six forward because DSP, I don't think he covers that need, right, of a top six uh, forward with the team. Well, it's especially a goal-scoring forward, which is what the team needs. I mean, right now, the only major threat on this team is Max Pacioretty, and uh, there's nobody close after him. So that's uh, a very big need right now for the Canadians. And it was funny last week, Peter, when we were going through uh, the travel log. Of, of Mark Bergervais and uh, the scouts. We mentioned one thing is for sure, the Canadians are talking with these three teams, Chicago, Florida, and Toronto. We didn't see Anaheim uh, coming up uh, in those uh, in those trade talks. And if you look at specifically those three teams, the Blackhawks, the Panthers, and the Leafs, there's not much remaining for them. You know, since last week, the Chicago Blackhawks, there was a there was an injury to uh, Patrick Kane, which might force the Blackhawks to go start acquiring 
other assets we saw, they already did start uh, doing that. There's still rumors Canadian, sorry, that the Blackhawks are shopping around a player like uh, like Patrick Sharp. So, so Peter, what about a player like Patrick Sharp? I have him in my hockey pool. Lately, he's been struggling. He hasn't produced. He went through a stretch where he, he did start producing. A player like that, would you see him a fit in that top six role that Canadians are missing? He would definitely be a fit, but uh, I'm saying question is availability now that Patrick King got injured and is going to miss uh, the rest of the regular season and uh, most probably the beginning of the playoffs. Uh, but uh, you know, you look at uh, you look at news on Patrick Sharp and people who are close to the team, and nobody really knows. I mean, uh, some sources say that he's on the market, and others are saying that he's no longer on the market because of that. So, you know, Mark Bergevin comes from the Blackhawks organization. That's where he learned. So I'm not surprised that we're getting contradicting. Uh, I mean, that's they're dealing with this situation, and that's how Mark Bergevin does as well. And uh, for the Florida Panthers, there was Sean Bergenheim, who's been traded since last week. Uh, and Yarmir Jagger, it was a player that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago when Dave Randorf was, was on the podcast. It was a player that I think Montreal Canadiens should have attempted to acquire, but Peter, we don't know it for a fact, but there wasn't much, at least, scouts present to uh, to verify Yarmiaga, so it doesn't seem like the Canadians ever had interest uh, in him once again. And I think Florida Panthers are sending contradicting uh, signs there. I mean, the, they go out and they acquire Yarmiaga, and as we're on now at Showtime, they trade Thomas Fleischman. So for Danny Heatley. For Danny Healy, who's going to be playing in the minors, so it's kind of hard, you know. Like we we had heard in reports last week that Bergevin was talking with Dale Town. I guess Bergevin realized that he doesn't that the Panthers don't really know where they're headed uh, nearing the trade deadline. I mean, are they trying to become uh, a team that will contend for a playoff spot, or are they trying to become sellers? I mean, you go and you get Jagger, but yet you're giving up some of your players as well. So they're sending contradicting signs out there, and I think Bergevin decided, you know what, let's just uh, step away from here and uh, <laughs> talk to other teams. And for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, all the, the, I think pretty much anything valuable that's probably left on a team that could be acquired is what, Phil Kessel, there's some interest apparently from the teams on Dion Phaneuf, but I don't think that uh, the Canadians should go after him. Phil Kessel, if the deal was right, you know, why not? Like, I would uh, consider it, but I wouldn't mortgage much of uh, of the future to uh, to acquire him. And this is the time of the year where I see it very difficult for an Eastern team to trade with the uh, Western Conference team. Uh, no, for an Eastern team to trade within its uh, conference with another team, it's it very rarely happens unless it's like uh, a, a, a team that's very low in the standings. Uh, but most of the trades, like we've seen, Chris, lately, it's been a team from the East with a team in the West. Those are the most uh, open uh, trade, uh, open scenario of trades, where I guess the other team feels 
safer sending an, a player to the other conference like that. They don't face them often uh, in the future, I guess. A couple of teams at the Montreal Canadiens have been at least present around lately. There's two of them, one of them being the Dallas Stars and the big name that's out there, as TSN likes to call them, trade bait, is for Montreal Canadian Eric Cole. Personally, I don't think Eric Cole uh, will, I don't think the Canadians have any interest in Eric Cole, especially since it was the Canadians who traded him away to Dallas. And on top of that, it was the same general manager, it was Mark Bergevin, who, who, who traded him. So I don't think he would go back and um, and get him. If it would have been a different management team, maybe. But it was Bergevin who traded him. I don't think he would go back and bring him back. That trade was more of a business-type deal. I don't think uh, it was anything against uh, Eric Cole. I mean, uh, the contract was a bad contract. and uh, and But now, as a rental, I think it becomes interesting. But like you said, it's... I. You know, it was the same management that traded him. I see it a little difficult for them going back and acquiring the same player. But I think he would be a perfect fit uh, for the rest of the season, at least. I mean, uh, you're getting a, you would be getting a player who's already had chemistry with Max Pacioretty and David Dearnay. And uh, it's not like he's cold. He's on fire. He's one of the hottest players uh, lately in the NHL. He's been putting up a lot of points. Uh, and uh, I think uh, he would help out. Uh, he'd be he'd make that line very dangerous. But it's not much comeback. So 18 goals, 15 assists for a call in the 57 games played this year. And the second team have been the Los Angeles Kings, where Rick Dudley has been seen uh, for three consecutive games in in LA. He the Kings, which are one of the Canadian points uh, this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they are. So it's a little too soon, I think, to to pre-scout them. So I'm pretty sure he's looking at a player. And what kind of do you think he's looking over there? It could be somebody like a John Williams, which by some of us that have been hockey pools this year. Well, if we're looking for a rental type deal, I mean, the negotiations are, well, reports out of LA are not going too well with Tim Williams. He's a UFA at the end of the season, so they would be, uh, I guess they might be open for uh, to trade him as well. LA is on the bubble. Will they make the playoffs? Will they not? It's kind of surprising that they're in that kind of situation this season. But, uh, We'll see how it goes out. I mean, if the offer is good, uh, I'm sure they'd be willing to trade him. And uh, I think he, he, he could be a very good fit on that as well. Is there any other Peter, that maybe that's on the the top free agents, the unrestricted free agents like Vermette, who is uh, who is Traded sooner, uh, sooner or later, is any of them that uh, you think would be a good fit for the Canadians? Uh, I have a feeling that the price for Remed is a little too high, and that uh, I don't think that I don't see the Canadians uh, going after him. I think it's not a good fit. 
I think the Canadians are looking more for a scoring winger, and that's not what he pro- he would provide on this team. As for Jeff Petrie, like you said, he's a healthy scratch tonight. There's a good chance that he will be getting traded. And uh, will it be the Canadians? There's a good chance. You never know. So we'll find out. There's only a couple of days away from uh, trades at deadline. I will definitely keep you posted here on Habs 360. On the other side of the break, we'll, we'll tackle our question of the day, which is who are the untouchables in the Montreal Canadiens organization? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs 360, or you can give us a call toll-free at 1-877-455-4945. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Want the latest Habs news with game reviews, reviews, and highlights? Tell about full coverage of development camps and special events. Looking to follow the Hamilton Bulldogs more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got everything you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season, I will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or family. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entry, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, Search Habs360 on allhabs.net or on iTunes for the archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. This is the Habs360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. couple of weeks we're running a brand new contest or we're running a contest I should say that uh, allowed one of our lucky followers to win an autographed picture of Alex Galchenyuk and now Peter we have a brand new contest that already started this week and is still ongoing yeah well the Habs 360 podcast is excited to provide the one Habs fan an opportunity to win an 8x10 autographed picture of Brandon Gallagher and it's courtesy of Framework Sports Marketing Frameworth is the largest distributor of autographed NHL memorabilia in the world and one of the largest distributors of sports memorabilia in North America. Uh, here's how to enter. You just have to follow Habs360 on Twitter. 
and then prior to the next Canadians Road game, which is uh, this uh, Monday, uh, tweet uh, has 360 your guess of the final score and the name of the first Montreal Canadiens goal scorer. Now, if you guess them correctly, you will win. That's how simple it is to enter the contest. And in case of multiple correct guesses, a tiebreaker will be determined from all winners. For more information on Frameworth Sports Marketing, visit their website at frameworth.com. So great, great contest. Thank you very much, Peter. Uh, going back here, talking now a little bit trade deadline here on the Habs 360. Uh, last game, Peter against Columbus, Jacob De La Rose, he scored a pair of goals, his first two goals in his career, and he's continued impressing Habs fans, and for sure he's been impressing the coach because he's been getting lots of ice time uh, from uh, Michel Therrien, and for a 19-year-old where people who sometimes have the impression that Michel Therrien doesn't like rookies, but Jacob De La Rose, he's getting his ice time, he's playing shorthanded, he's playing uh, all these important uh, situations. Do you think that uh, based on this success, Lars Zeller, is he in trouble heading into Monday for trade deadline? Well, I think that if you're going to touch this current roster right now, the only person that is tradable from uh, this current roster right now is Lars Zeller, I think. And uh, is he in danger? Yes. He's been in danger for the past few weeks, maybe month, I'd say. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, on next week's show we'll be talking about the Lars Eller trade here on the, <laughs> on the podcast. So that's a, a prediction on, uh, by Peter here. Uh, looking at to tonight's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Sergey Gonchar is back in the Canadiens' uh, lineup. And he'll be paired up with uh, with Craig Patterson on the third pairing. So Nathan Bollier will remain with uh, with Tom Gilbert. I guess the, on the bright side of this injury was that um, Sergey Gonchar, he's in a better role, I think, as the third line, uh, as a third pairing defenseman than he is on the second pairing. Nathan Bollier has taken advantage of this opportunity that was given to him by the Montreal Canadiens since his uh, second call-up. And Bollier, I think he cemented himself as the number three defenseman for the team right now. But Jared Tenorti, he was returned to Hamilton Bulldogs yesterday, and Peter, on his end, he wasn't able to uh, to take advantage of the chance that was given to him with, uh, with his injury situation. Well, uh, you know, it's... I think Pattern has uh, played uh, was a bit more solid than Tenorti, and uh, that's probably the reason why he was um, he was uh, the odd man who was sent down to Hamilton. And uh, it's, is it a little disappointing? Yes, but I think the Canadians expect a lot more from uh, Jared Tenorti. Uh, you know, they have higher expectations from Jared Tenorti than they do from. Uh, Pattern, first time he's been called up this season, so I think that uh, they want to see a bit more of him. And uh, he's, uh, don't forget, he's the right-handed shot compared to Tenorti's left. So right now there's more of a need uh, for that on the team. And um, In terms of depth, do you think Pattern has surpassed Jared Tenorti? 
I think short term, yes, but long term, I think the team is expecting to uh, bigger things from Tenorti and a bigger role from Tenorti. I'm disappointed too from uh, from Jack Tenorti the way he's been performing that he's getting sent back. I don't. Is it time to give up on him? I would say no, that it's not. He probably needs a little more time in the AHL, maybe to gain some more confidence, and maybe he should just stay. Not to worry too much about uh, playing with a big team uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. And one thing, Peter, that I was able to, that at least was brought to my attention, is when it comes to Jared Tenorti and Craig Patteron, next season, if for both those players, if they want to get sent down to Hamilton, they have to go through waivers. So I think if any of those two guys go through waivers, there's a good chance that a team picks them up. So a decision... Uh, must be made for them, and do you expect maybe one of them being part of a deal uh, prior to uh, to Monday? Probably not. Well, as for for well, let's talk with Craig Patterson first. I don't think he's got that uh, value of uh, that we think he does. I mean, even if I think he could be like a compliment on. Uh, on, on a trade, but... Uh, but through waivers, I'm sure he, uh, he could get picked up. Well, don't forget, Chris, also that at the end of the season, you have Sergey Gonchar, who becomes a UFA. He's your left-handed shot. And you've got Mike Weaver, who becomes a UFA, and he's your right-handed shot. So Tenorti and Patterson could be the two guys who fill their spots. So maybe mm-hmm. the team is thinking long-term here and thinking, you know what, guys, this season is not your season, and we're expecting big things from you for next season. And let's tackle now the uh, our question of the day, which was, uh, who are the untouchables for the Montreal Canadiens? So, Peter, the question that I was asking is, if a general manager of the opposing team calls Mark Bergevin and mentions one of these players, Bergevin doesn't even respond. The only thing he does is he hangs up uh, the phone on the spot. Uh, who would those players be, uh, be for you? Uh, definitely Max Pacioretty. Uh, then I'd have Alex Galchenyuk as a second pick. I would go with Jacob De La Rose as a third pick. This is in no particular order, by the way. Yes, yeah, uh, there's no order. Random names there. Yeah. Uh, up front, I think that would be it on my part. And on defense, I've got PK. And uh, Nathan Bollier. And uh, I think Jared Tenorti, too. I wouldn't touch him uh, right now. I, I'm still willing to be patient with him. And obviously, Carey Price would be uh, the other untouchable on my part. So, my names are similar, but they're not exactly the same. One name that I disagree with, you is actually on defense, both of them, Nathan Bollier and Jared Tenorti. I'd listen. I'm not... Uh, uh, for a trade, if it's a good trade, I'd be willing to um, to trade at least one of them. P.K. Subban, I agree. Pacioretty and uh, Price, I also agree. Galchenyuk is another one as well. Another one that I wouldn't from the list that you mentioned is uh, Jacob De La Rose. He's off to a great start, like uh, like you mentioned. Is it a one-year thing? The sample size isn't um, isn't big. But it's it's not to the point where I probably wouldn't trade him, but it's not to the point where I'd hang up the phone. 
It's a question of age too, Chris. I mean, Della Rose is only 19 years old, and you know that better things are to come with him. Just like Galchenyuk, when he made the team at 19, Canadians were not going to trade Galchenyuk at 19. These are the kind of players that you build your team around, and I think Della Rose will become uh, a big part of this team in the upcoming years. And uh, just to add a couple more names, these are players from prospects. I think Sherbeck and McCarron would be untouchable on my part as well. So you anticipate my next question. I agree for those two players. What about uh, Zachary Fukali? Fukali, I'm on the fence a bit because I know he's got a great pedigree. He's been a winner wherever he's been. Uh, and I would hesitate. But then I look at Carey Price and how he's tied up and he's only 19, I believe, for Cali as well, so he's pretty young. Then I look at Carey Price, who's 26, uh, at the prime of his career. Uh, I'm leaning more towards no. I'd rather he, the Canadians be patient with Fukali and hang on to him. And uh, years in Hamilton, where he can be the number one starter. I mean, Hamilton Bullocks haven't had a good goaltender, I believe. Since Carey Price, uh, when you went for that playoff run, when they had that great playoff one and won the Calder Trophy in the AHL, I think that uh, they need to make him uh, the number one goalie in Hamilton and get him ready for uh, the NHL like that. Give him two at least two good se two full good seasons in the uh, in the AHL. Uh, for Cali. From what I from what I hear, if you tell me you're on the fence, to me it means not tradable. He's not untouchable. It means you'd probably listen. You probably wouldn't trade him, but it wouldn't be to the point where you would uh, hang up uh, the phone call. Yes. And another name, Peter, was just tweeted out by Ganola Voice that Martin Havlat is a healthy scratch tonight for the Devils. I hope not. Not a player the Canadians are interested for, right? I hope not either. I mean, you'd have to be pretty desperate to. Uh to go there. I think Bergevin is looking for a bigger name than that. Earlier this week, we spoke about Sergei Gonchar, but Pia Paranto was also cleared to uh, to return to the Canadiens lineup, so he's healthy, and tonight the coach did confirm that uh, the Pia Paranto will be a healthy scratch. And how does this guy, Peter, get back into the lineup? Who does he bump out of the lineup. The player that, you know, the easy choice would probably be Michael Bourneval or Manny Mahotra, right? Those are the two easy names that could uh, get out of the uh, out of the lineup, but it's, that's not what's happening at least tonight against the Leafs. And it's also a question of what kind of a role does Paranto fill on this team? Is he really a fourth-line player? I mean, if you're, like you're saying, if you take out Bournival, you put Paranto. Uh, it's going to be tough for him to uh, make it uh, back into the lineup. It'll obviously have to come after a loss because uh, Terry very, very hesitant of changing a winning lineup. But yet, this is the final game before uh, trade deadline, so I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, like I can give you an answer right now, but after Monday's uh, trade deadline, it could it could very well change. Yeah, I know it could be much clearer if uh, after Definitely. trade deadline. 
Uh, so the Canadians facing tonight the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Maple Leafs, like we said, have been busy in the trade deadline, and I gotta give them every week. Normally I come here and I find a way to bash them, but I gotta give them props for the trade that they did uh, this week with uh, with a Columbus Blue Jackets for uh, David Clarkson. And Clarkson was probably a player that somebody like Brandon Press was probably looking for to face tonight, following what happened uh, earlier a couple of weeks ago. When uh, after the hit on Sergey Gonchar and after the fight between these two players at the end of the shift, but we're not going to see him tonight. And it's funny how this is such a different Toronto Maple Leafs team uh, compared to two Saturdays ago. I mean, uh, Clarkson is not no longer there. Daniel Winnick, who scored the only uh, goal in that game, is not there. Santorelli, who got a shootout goal in that game, is not there either. And even Cody Franson on defense, uh, who uh, in that game, is not going to be in the lineup either. So this will be a very different-looking uh, Toronto Maple Leafs team. Different-looking team, but I think it will be the same result. Same result. I agree on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll 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 see the uh, the Montreal Canadiens beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. And also one thing the Canadians were able to do this week twice out of the three games was be a non-playoff team, which the Canadians uh, have been struggling with recently. And I think it will continue tonight against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So, uh, Peter, as well, Canadians heading into a four-game West Coast trip after they finish off the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs heading onto the West Coast. Canadians are the best road team in the NHL. They've won 11 out of their last 13 games. So when that happens, when you talk about things like Comas advantage in the playoffs, when a team performs like this on the road, that doesn't mean even home te- home games against the opposing team, Canadians do come out with uh, with an advantage. So if we just look a little more detailed for the upcoming games tonight, seven o'clock game between the Canadians and the Maple Leafs at the Bell Center. It's a seven o'clock, seven o'clock start at the Bell Center. Game could be seen coast to coast on CBC in English and on TVA Sports in French. Then it's three late games. Monday night against the Sharks in San Jose at ten o'clock Eastern. A game that could be seen for viewers Belleville East on the Sportsnet East and on RDS. On Wednesday night, once again a ten o'clock start against the Anaheim Ducks. So right away, we'll see Yerchi Seikach in his uh, new uniform. And another thing about the trade, Peter, is we won't have to pronounce Yerchi Seikach uh, often. Right when we started learning how to say his name, uh, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It made it easy for us. So that game will also be available available for viewers in Belleville East on the Sportsnet East in English and on RDS in French. And then Thursday night, the Montreal Canadiens in LA to face the Kings at 10. We start a game once again for viewers Belleville East on Sportsnet East and RDS. So it's pretty simple. All the games are in Sportsnet East and on RDS. And if you live outside the Quebec region, unfortunately, it's uh, you won't be able to watch the games unless you have center ice. So we know it's late games. You might not be able to stay up late to watch them. But don't worry, Habs 360 will uh, remain up for you to watch the games. And there's just one tweet that came in. It came in from uh, John uh, Roslo. 
in regards to line mates for DSP, he writes, the perfect line mates would be Lars Zeller and Brandon Prust. A lot of cycle, clock killers, and puck possession. So thank you very much for the tweets, uh, John. But at this point, I think we should say, let's wait until Monday. <laughs> let's see if Lars Zeller or is still part of the team. And then we'll, we'll see accordingly because with changes that could be done with the team, it might make more sense for uh, for DSP to uh, to play with uh, different line mates. Thank you very much, Peter, for joining us. Always a pleasure, Chris. Thank you. Coming up next week on uh, Habs 360, we'll, we're going to be previewing the final game of the Canadiens' four-game road trip as we'll be preparing to face the Arizona Coyotes in Arizona. And, well, according to Peter, we'll be discussing a large Zeller trade from trade deadline. If not, we'll talk about any move that is going to be made by the Montreal names at the deadline. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980. Thank you very much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. And we'll be back again next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Habs 360 Podcast. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.